You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to another episode of the How I Quit Alcohol podcast. For first-time listeners, please be aware that not all of the conversations within this podcast are suitable for children. I'd also like to add a trigger warning that sometimes the conversations can get a little heavy. We may talk about things like sexual abuse, domestic violence, drug use and alcohol use. And if you feel that that may trigger you, please do not tune in. Also, I'd like to add, if you are a heavy daily drinker, please seek the help of a medical practitioner before quitting alcohol. This podcast comes to you from beautiful Bundjalung country. Please kick back and enjoy. Grab yourself your favorite alcohol-free bevy. And if you haven't already, do a gal a favor. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionising the way we look at having a night out with friends. They make sophisticated, non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink and love yourself the next day too. Stay high in spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm joined yet again third time on the podcast, one of the How I Quit Alcohol grads, the gorgeous Kate Morrison. How are you, Kate? I'm good, thanks, Dan. How are you? I'm so good. It's so good to see you in the Zoom room again. I think as of today-ish, you're about two years and four months sober, you said. Yep. Oh my yep. God, congratulations. Yep. I know, I know, it's amazing. From, yeah. from the person who was actually drinking in our first Zoom session together. <laughs> I always <laughs> bring that up. <laughs> Should never have said anything. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But Kate was in, our, in the very first challenge that I ever did and two years, four months later, just absolutely incredible. 
incredible. Like it's amazing. It's been great having you on the show and then just watching your whole expansion and just how much you've grown and rejecting the tools and using the tools and just really embracing the meditation and all those things and how it's been so life-changing for you. So it's so great. It has been. I look back at that two years and four months ago and I kind of, I just go, it feels like a bit of a dream, like that Mm -hmm. person who decided to do it because in hindsight, the enormity of it, it becomes more apparent the further along I get in my journey, just Mm. the choice to do it. So yeah, what a great choice it was and being able to be part of your first challenge. It's so great when you get some time up your sleeve too to be able to go, wow, it's actually been, wow. It's like, wow, I've actually yeah. done it for that long. And <laughs> saying to people, like I caught up with some friends at Blues Fest on the weekend and I hadn't seen for a while. One of them was like, oh, my God, like you haven't drunk for five and a half years. Fact, last time I saw you, you were shit-faced. And yeah. I like, I know. They were equally as proud of me as well. So it was really nice to connect with some people that had only seen me like that and hadn't yeah. seen the sober Danny for so long. It was cool. It was really yeah. cool. I felt so proud of myself. Yep, it is. And I, becoming sober in lockdowns, in between lockdowns, there's last year and this year there was a lot of socialising and there were some people that I caught up with last year that I hadn't seen for oh, before lockdowns, even like three years, and one of them said, oh, do you want a drink? And we were at this event and I said, oh, no, I don't actually drink anymore. And he, and he said, oh, I'm glad to hear that because the last time I saw you, you really gave me a hard time. And I was, and I, I was mortified because I remember thinking, oh, that was one of those moments where I woke up the next morning going, you've really got to rethink this, Kate. By the end of the night, he was like, I don't actually know how I feel about this now. You're really together. Can you have a drink, please? (laughs) No, I can't. So, yes, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It really, really is. This friend, I'd organised his wife's, her hen's night was at our house, at my house. I'd organised his hen's night for her. And he had to, I'm pretty sure, like he came and picked her up. (laughs) Like <laughs> later on in the night because it was so debauched, like it was so. Yeah. De- and um, to get the hen out like, of there. He had this look on his face, like, oh, "Are you guys all right?" Like we were just hammered. <laughs> she doesn't drink much, and oh, she God. was just forcing drinks down her throat. And yeah, it was horrific. So I get why he was like, "Well done." <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, oh, anyway, so yeah. one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today we're going to cover is drinking in the corporate world because you work in the corporate industry. I used to actually, in fact, I used to work for Telstra at Corporate Complaints and yeah, I used to work there at 35 Collins Street in Melbourne and there you go. A little business I can't suit. picture that at all. <laughs> Me either. I'm just like, I, I wasn't very good at it. Let's face it. And I was always taking time off because either I was A, hungover or B, recording or doing something else. And But yeah. I, luckily I had a supportive <laughs> boss. But I do remember the drinking, the Friday night drinks yeah. and the yeah. pressure of that. And I don't know if it was a pressure so much at the time, but it's just something that we did. And it mm. was really, yeah, it was just, that's what we did. So you think the music industry is bad? Boy, oh boy. Yeah. I think the corporate industry is much the same. Yeah. It's a, and it's a, but it's across lots of industries. But yeah, the corporate world, it takes on, it's a bit like the music industry in a sense, in that it's expected. It's almost part of your role. But, but then again, you talk to nurses and all kinds of people, and they'll say it's pretty rife in the high stress roles as well. I actually think it's everywhere. Like I used to think it was just the music industry that was so bad, but I, especially with coaching people, people in the travel industry and the healthcare industry and there's no self-care. That's the problem. They think the self-care is to drink on a Friday night, but that's not self-care as we know now because we've had years down the track. 
I know I get on my high horse with this, but it's how it's marketed. It's how society accepts mm. it. It is so much easier to be a drinker in the society that I live in than it is to not. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Apart from being a rite of passage and my parents were boomers, so it was very much part of their world, but it's because they don't tell you how bad it is for you. They, that there's, and, and it comes, I believe it personally, it does come down to what would happen to the business industries, whether it's your, your big alcohol companies or your hospitality or whatever it might be, if you took alcohol out of it. Now, we don't know. We'd have to do that in order to see it and measure it. But they're very, very quick to jump on board how bad smoking is for you. They'll, they'll make every drug illegal. There's now a massive campaign out there about how bad vaping is for you. Now, I agree it's all bad for you, but no one talks about how poor alcohol is for not just your health, but society. Mm. It's such a huge problem. On so many levels, it's not just our own health, which is obviously Mm. one thing, but there's culturally like the decimation of cultures because of it. Correct, yes. Because of alcohol. There's domestic violence. Do you know after any kind of thing like the football or any kind of big sort of celebrated event, domestic violence goes through the roof because of drinking, road accidents, there's mental health stuff. Like alcohol has so much, uh, not in cancers, like this yeah, it's where is where's the label that says class one carcinogenic? I know that's exactly right. Yeah, it's it's something that needs to be understood more. And I think that Huberman podcast for the people that listen to that Andrew mm. Huberman podcast where he talked about alcohol, that was an eye opener for people to realize that wow, even yes. the safe parameters that we've been the guidelines that are provided by the government, they're not safe at all. That that's still just as toxic. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. there was uh, they were talking about it on on the radio. On, I can't remember what AM station, but they were talking to an expert, and she referred to it as a narcotic or as a drug mm-hmm. and the presenter said oh what are we referring it to it as a drug now and she said well yes because it is well it is of course and it is. that's where and I think the further you get down the sober journey uh, the more you see it is just so accepted and without going into details but personally as you know it's really affected my life and and my kids and whatnot and it's very hard for someone to label someone an alcoholic if they still drink or, or it's hard for people who drink to accept that it's really challenging for other people because it's then accepting that it's not good for you. Yeah, uh, and then they've got to do something about it. Yeah, it's so, so interesting, isn't it? Because it's not it's not like if you're at work and then they're saying, let's go down after work and let's like inject some smack or it's well, exactly. just, I mean, it's different, yes, but it's, oh, I don't know. I think the point is they're all bad for you. Anything that your body is allergic to, it's bad Mm. for you. Holistically, it's bad for you, but it's not fair how everything's marketed. Yeah, absolutely. And look, (laughs) the biggest thing that I see and the biggest thing that I feel sadness about is, so we've just done this retreat in Bali, which was amazing, where the whole purpose of that retreat was to really connect into the body, connect with ourselves and talking about having this beautiful relationship with yourself and being connected, staying connected, listening to your body, because that's what's so Mm. important. When Mm. I see people drinking, I think about my own drinking. I'm thinking, wow, I was just so disconnected from my feelings, Mm. from everything. My body was beautiful. Body was trying to tell me and show me waking up with a roaring hangover the next day. It's my poor body was saying, Hey, come on, come back. Like 
this is not working. This is not good. But you just ignore it and you just yeah. drink on top of that or you eat bad food on top of that. And we're just not listening to our bodies anymore. And no wonder there's an mm. epidemic of mental health illness and cancer and all these chronic illnesses autoimmune diseases because we are not connected anymore. Yes. I mean, one of the most important things I could put across to people is learning to connect with yourself, learning yes. to start listening to your body and learning to give yourself what you need in ways that nurture you and keep you connected. And it's just like I was saying at the start, if busy people could learn to listen to their body on a Friday night, probably mm. what they need is to go and do a yoga nidra or they mm. need to go home and have a long bath and a cup of tea and settle their nervous system. But instead we're going and filling ourselves with the toxin, it's disconnecting us from ourselves and it's increasing our anxiety amongst yeah, other things. Absolutely. We need to start. And this is what I want to see happen in the corporate world and in all the, all the industries wellness and wellness mm. does not include a bottle of fucking wine i'm sick yep. to death of seeing shit like on instagram or come on this yoga retreat or this wellness thing and there's a bottle of wine on arrival or champagne on arrival what the fuck no yeah well i'll give you an example of something that happened sorry i just went on a rant space there. work no good no we love a rant in terms of my business that i was working for for the past two and a half years we had a wellness speaker come in and do and and this speaker who I won't name is fantastic in the mental health space uh, particularly for sportsmen and men he's very big in the mental health space for male depression and all that stuff and he's done some great stuff hats off to him he did a great talk and I think for people who aren't as entrenched in the wellness space as I am it, they would have got a lot out of it anyway he did this great thing and, oh my and God, it was I think really I know nice what say and <laughs> it was an went for about an hour and, and he, he's a really busy man he's um in the public eye anyway and then he went and worked from he had a few other calls to take that day so he worked for a couple of hours more and then at about four o'clock and it was a lunchtime talk at four o'clock I went into the kitchen and the HR manager was running around and I said what are you doing she said I'm looking for a red wine we've only got white and so and so really wants a red wine and it was four o'clock and he yeah. was still at our offices and I was like, oh, you, you, you're kidding. Like, Because in my head, and it's not, and, and I know that's a little bit judgy of me because you can be in the wellness space until and still enjoy a drink. I get mm. that. I'm, I'm not against moderation at all. I'm, I'm against how we're not told the, how harmful that can be, but... But to be at, still at your the place that's paying you <laughs> and it's not even five. And I was like, God. So for me, that was just another example of how accepted it is everywhere, even when someone's built the second part of their career on being all about mental health. I'm going to you know? pause the recording right now so you can tell me who it is. Hang on a second. <laughs> Sorry, everyone listening. <clears throat> wow, that's interesting. <laughs> so everyone, I'm going to be Sorry, getting all these everyone. messages going, who was it? Who was it? <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, but, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Look, and, and not to be judgy, but yeah, look, if, for people that are promoting wellness, I think we really. To not need be able to get through the afternoon without somewhere food. that's probably paid you about, you'd think at least six to 10 grand just to go there. And it's, yeah, for me, it was, and look, no one else, no one else in my big team would have thought about it. Apart from the fact I'm a hard audience as it is with these things because I am entrenched in a space, so I always look for something I don't know or haven't heard. 
Mm. But then for that, it was just like, wow, anyway. So, but he obviously felt like it was very acceptable to do it in that space. And he was right. There's all these fridges full of booze that everyone busts out on a Friday afternoon in, in our kitchen area. You don't see anyone doing it during the week. But unless mm. you're at an event. So it's interesting, isn't it? My industry is filled with drinking. I work with a lot of males. I work with, with a lot of tradies, a lot of suppliers in the construction world. My role is very based on relationships and going to events and getting to really know the other businesses. And through that comes, the, and there's not many, there wasn't many females doing my role or there's, there's not many. So you build relationships with them and then you get to the point and say, okay, well, when are we going to catch up for a beer or we're going to have to have that drink? And in all honesty, I'm still, there's the sad part about that is that I still pretend that I do drink. Wow, what do so you say? That's interesting. I try and avoid just bringing it up. So I'll say, yeah, sure, I'd love to have a beer, love to have a drink. And then when it gets to that time where I have to do it, I'm driving or I'm on a, I'm on a health kick or, you know, I'll try and avoid it rather than going, I don't drink. Why, um, can I ask why? Why you don't just say I don't drink? I think for me it's not just about... I'm female. It's a mission, I suppose, or a craft, maybe that's a better word, to get respect. You've really got to earn it. You've really got to earn your stripes. Um, And then when you finally get to that point where you're on that same level, to then say, oh, I'm not a drinker or whatever it might be, is something I'm not quite at the point where I can manage yet. Mm -hmm. Lissy Turner, when she did her letter to alcohol at your From the Bottle show that you did last year, Lissy's was incredibly dynamic. I feel like the world needs to hear that letter yeah. because she, as she said at the beginning, I am unapologetic because I am so far down this road. And for me, that's something to aspire to mm-hmm. um, because I want to be able to be like that. So, yeah, it, it's hard. And, look, don't get me wrong, there have been times where I get thrown under the bus by my peers. Oh, she doesn't drink. She's a teetotaler. And that's fine because I'm not going to not admit it, but avoidance has been something I've certainly had to do, I Mm. think. Mm. It's interesting. And, I mean, there's no judgment here on my end either But to to hear you say Mm. that, especially because I know you as someone that's so steadfast and pretty strong. It's interesting. But I also get it too. In in a male-dominated world, you feel like it's, it's hard to get to this point and you know, I want to maintain that level of respect. In some ways, I wonder if some of them would respect you also for that choice to not drink. Perhaps, perhaps not. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't, it becomes almost something that I I guard. It's not my secret at work because I'm very, the people that I work with, they're very aware that I don't. In saying that, it doesn't mean that they don't try and entice me to drink when they've had a few drinks. How do you find it creating relationships in the corporate world, like you said, and not drinking other than telling them that you do drink when you actually don't? Like, is that difficult to maintain sobriety whilst trying to create those sort of corporate relationships? It's not difficult to maintain sobriety. No, you just feel there is that sense of the old Kate and the old Kate that used to drink and would form those connections. You've got connections with people and then you have your night out with them or you have your your team piss up or whatever it is and you walk away feeling like you've connected more. Now, you and I know that that's not true. You actually haven't, but you still feel that. So my old habits, certainly sometimes when I walk away from the races or somewhere where we've been together and there'll be a little pull inside of me like, oh, wouldn't it have been good to just have a drink with them? But 
I know that that's just an old voice. That's an old habit. That's an old behaviour. Yeah, and it's there's nothing wrong with going, oh, that's just old me. Yeah. That's how the old me used to operate and that's okay. Yeah, we went to the races in the spring carnival and I went with two terrific colleagues, really, really respect them and they really respect me. And at the beginning of the day, one of them said, oh, so is today the day you have a champagne? Because they're very much of the mindset, God, how could you not drink in this industry or in this role that's so stressful? And I said, no, today's certainly not the day. And then we didn't avoid it, but they didn't bring it up for a few hours. And then all of a sudden, after a few champagnes and whatever, it starts, oh, just, could you just have one? Just have one. No, I'm really not going to have one. No, but but you'd be a bit of fun. I reckon you'd be fun because they have never had a drink with me. I'm like, yeah, but trust me, I'm way more fun when I can remember what I was doing the day before. I said, oh, no, but I forget things. That's okay. And I said, no, no, it's not okay for me. I really don't want to forget things anymore. Oh, well, if it's going to become a problem, I'm like, no, it's not a problem. We're at an event and I'm not drinking and you are. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's pretty confronting. That's, that's intense. It was, it was and, and, and the drunker they got, the comments would be dropped. And as I said, I love these people that I was there with, but I certainly the next morning when I woke up fresh and put loose and fancy free and I just went, wow, God, it's just. And here I was eating every bit of food that came past me. I was <laughs> All the desserts, all the food, everything, loving it. How did and it feel? Like how did it really feel in that moment to get those questions thrown at you like that? And it sounded like, I mean, you were annoying. Coming- Annoying and by the end of the conversation, again, they're drinking so they don't mean for it to be that way, but it almost had to be established on their end that I have a problem. Oh, wow. You know, like it, like that was, and I honestly believe that a lot of people will tell themselves that uh, at the end of it, oh, no, but Kate really couldn't drink, like that I can. I'm not saying they really believe that, but there's a lot of self-talk that goes into it from this side. I mean... Mm. I, I from a family of drinkers. Uh, I was I was in I was in the car drive designated driving to a family event and there was my three aunts and my mum and they all they, they all drink and they said, Oh, it's just so good, you know, good on you and they're full of love about it. They they it's the most beautiful family. And I said, Well look, I wasn't an alcoholic. They said, No, no, I said, but I was addicted to drinking. And all three of them went, Oh yeah, yeah, okay, well, yeah, we're addicted to drinking. Like, and because it's family, they can have that. They admit that. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's how I like to phrase it to people now. And people at work, I have done the same thing. I was like, I didn't, I, I had a problem, definitely, because alcohol is a problem, but I was addicted to drinking. I wasn't an alcoholic, which is very true. Does it matter, the label? I think it does to, not to me, but I think to society, how we frame this whole, mm. there's alcoholic and then there's drinking. People don't know about grey area drinking. Like yeah. some people do. Yeah, but the majority don't, and those who don't want to know about it certainly don't know about it. Yeah, and so, that's half the problem too. When you think, I remember googling am I an alcoholic so many times, and I'd go, "Well, okay, according to Google, no, I'm not." Mm. So, okay, no, I'll, I'll just carry on then. And yeah, mm. I'm, I'm not bad enough to stop, or I'm not bad enough to get help because yeah, I don't fall under those parameters. But actually, yeah, thank God for the person who did coin that phrase, "gray area drinking," because yeah, that's what so many of us are. Absolutely. We promote it as a society. We promote grey area drinking. Yeah, and their binge <laughs> drinking and, and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's really interesting and a very interesting thing to go. Like I don't go to the races, but you see all the pictures of people going in there looking absolutely fabulous and then they're coming out looking like they've just been hit by yes. 
<laughs> I know. And they're stumbling I, all over the place. It must well, have when, been interesting to watch that as well, like watching that whole thing was, take place. It was, and I'd really, we talk about having a plan when you go to these things, as we talked about in the challenge, and I still have little plans most of the time when I do go out, but when my boss said, oh, we're going to the races, can you come? I said, no way, I'll do, I'll do the tennis, I'll do things, I don't want to do the races. I said, why not? I said, oh, and it wasn't the drinking, it was, oh, the dress and the hair and anyway, because I immediately resisted it, I decided to flip that and go, no, you know what, if you're against it so much, you've got to go because that's generally, if you do what you're resisting, then you get something out of it. So I bought a nice dress and I made sure that I was confident and comfortable in what I was wearing and I thought but seriously what do you do all day at the races if you're not drinking and eating and on your feet and I'm like oh I'm gonna learn how to bet I'm gonna <laughs> learn how to bet without you know and not it comes a new life. addiction <laughs> <laughs> and I do have that personality but I thought no I'm gonna have my sister loves to have a bet she's just like that and I'm just I've never been all about it so I, I went and and one of the people I went with has a horse and he knows his stuff. So I put my 150 bucks in the account and I went, you're going to do this properly. And so there I was, I was talking to people and I had my book and I was getting right into it. And I walked away after it and I went, that was fun. Like, and my partner picked me up after at about 5.30 that afternoon and the last race hadn't run yet. <laughs> and I got in the car. I said, turn on the radio. I've got to hear what's going on with race seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So you'll be starting a podcast soon called How I Quit the Races. <laughs> well, no, I'm happy to say that I I um I did only do it uh, that day, but it was just more, it was interesting. I thought, no, this is, and it's still allowed. It had, uh, number one, I had the book in my hand. So I had mm. the book and That's I had something in your hand. water. Yep. There's no non-alcoholic. I'll tell you what, Lies or someone should do some kind of tent there because it would be a great opportunity to promote. But, yeah, so it was actually, it got me, it was distracted me enough for, for the day and, and then I left everybody and apparently they all ended up on a crown dance floor at some part and by that stage I was tucked up nicely in bed and I had no FOMO at all. That's so great, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. good. And in that moment where everyone's sort of dressed up and they're having a good time and like, come on, just have a one. Mm. You got to remember that it's probably not going to end in that scene. <laughs> it's going yeah. to end in the scene where everyone's fucked up at Crown Casino later on, or their hair's yeah. dishevelled, or they're having a fight, or they doesn't stay in that picture perfect scene very often. You know? No, and there's just big queues at the toilet so everyone can get stuff up their nose to stay sober. Yeah. It's just, yeah, so, so but again, those events in what I do um, are necessary. So you've got to find ways of being there and navigating. And I must, and when I was meeting people on that particular day from other uh, businesses, by the end of the day, some of them were uh, embarrassing themselves, I would say. And they wouldn't remember what they said to me at the end of the day. And I'm very, very glad that I wasn't that person. <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing, isn't it? I remember going out when I was in the corporate world and like either sleezing on one of the, the work. Oh, I remember like trying to patch on with this guy turned out to be gay. And... <laughs> 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 and or just like being really inappropriate and oversharing or becoming the yeah. sleaze bag or whatever and then just waking up the next day and the glimpses of that coming in and it's just horrifying then you have to go back into work the next day and oh my god it's terrible yeah. it's absolutely yeah. horrific 
and that and I I walk away from those events going I definitely would have said something that I without a doubt regret because it makes you it gives you an artificial persona yeah yeah I remember Sarah Harmer one of our grads saying it was in the challenge and she they had work drinks uh work break up for Christmas she was saying how everyone started really nice at the start of the night all the people she worked with who were really quite together and then by the end of it they were just shit faced they were oversharing and some were abusing and they're just like she's just mm-hmm. left there thinking oh my god that would have been me thank yeah. god and now I'm leaving intact and my self-esteem's intact and she was able to just look at that whole scene and just think wow I'm so glad not to be doing that just the discomfort that you have to face with your colleagues afterwards yeah Yeah. absolutely absolutely what do you think needs to happen more in the corporate world to kind of change the way in which we socialize or I mean I've got some ideas but change the way in which we change that drinking culture in the corporate industries it's look it's hard it's it's not what it used to be in terms of the whole lunches that roll on through the afternoon and into the evening. It's, I do think it's become more tame purely from just a productivity and expenditure point of view. I, I think that they have, there is more of a focus on health and wellness in the corporate world, but I really couldn't, I don't think I'm through it enough yet to be able to give any kind of insight to that and remembering that mine is more construction corporate so that's pretty entrenched in, in that world uh alcohol mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's pretty intense one thing I'm thinking is that these people that come through to speak and talk about wellness I mean no. imagine, if, imagine if people no. were coming in teaching in the corporate scene how to do yoga nidra in your office seat, 15 minutes yoga nidra practice, or if that became the new normal, like everyone has to break for 15 minutes to do yoga nidra, productivity would go through the roof. Do you know that when your neuroplasticity increases by 50% after doing like doing a yoga nidra session. So if you learn, you're going through it like a, you're learning something new and then you do yoga nidra, you actually take in 50% more of the information that you were delivered. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I, I often book a room, like I tried to book a room at four o'clock every day, but that just wasn't feasible. There was a room that you sort of, a meeting room that you sort of can't see in, but you sort of can. So I'd go in and I'd put my back to the window bit that you could see in. This was the only room that was kind of appropriate, apart from sick bay, which which wasn't always free. But, uh, and I'd put my laptop in front of me, but not have it turned on. So someone thought I was working and I'd just do my 15 minutes of meditation. <laughs> Oh, it's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. So people. And no one was against it. Don't get me wrong. We would have had a meditation room if we had the space, or no one was against it. But at the same time, I still didn't advertise the fact that that's what I was going to do. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, so taking the time. Look, I know plenty of the people that I coach and people in the challenge group who we've done a lot of work with on Yoga Nidra with, Mm. some of the guys, like they're going and doing it in their lunch break. They're going and doing it like they'll go and sit in their car or they'll go outside or they'll anywhere. They'll go and find a spot and just do 15 minutes Yoga Nidra. 10 minutes. One of the guys found a 10-minute one, which they just do the 10 minutes Yoga Nidra and they're back at work and they're feeling amazing. So that would be such a great step forward. So all the bosses listening to this, mm. maybe go and speak to Mark Purser or someone like that, get him to come in and teach your your crew yoga nidra practices and you'll, you're, the pro- productivity will just be absolutely through the roof. And, oh, you know, totally. yeah, 
Absolutely. Or some beautiful Friday night wellness sessions together, you know, get a yoga teacher in. I mean, it would be so cool. I mean, probably some people thinking, what yep. the fuck? But I think it would be really amazing. And there is, it's funny, there is some corporations out there that are dry. Like they, yeah. they have a dry policy, which is, I think, awesome, but they're few and far between, I believe. Andrew Huberman, if one big director or whatever could just listen to his podcast on NSDR. Yeah. You're going to drop non-sleep deep breaths. Yeah, non-sleep deep breaths, then they would absolutely understand it better as well because, yeah, that, that podcast is terrific. Yeah, amazing. Um, I'll put that in the show notes as well for people listening to them. I want to hear that. So that's Andrew Huberman talking about non-sleep deep rest, which is yoga nidra. And yes. that would be great for people listening and they can hear what we're banging on about, what we're talking about and why yes. it's so helpful. Exactly. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. So I know that you're still you're still kind of navigating your way through this, but you mm. are a success because you're two and a half years down the track pretty much yeah. and you're in the trenches, you're doing the way and you're having to front up every day and, and be a sober person and deal with the stresses of life and the corporate world and, and everything that comes along with it and you're doing it sober. So it's amazing. Like hats off to you. Something to be really, really proud of. And it's probably having an influence on people around you more than you know. Yes, there's definitely been, as I've, whatever, whoever said the quote, I can't remember, you, you can't get someone to do something but never underestimate the value of planting a seed. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I've got a handful of people that are now trialling a year off drinking or whatever it might be purely just from knowing that I did it, people that I don't know very well as well, one of them from work. So, yeah, it is, it is interesting. It's funny because there was a quote on Sober Celebrities or one of those Instagram apps and it was Christian Slater saying, going to work is my hobby and being sober is my job. And I was like, I get that because he obviously had hardcore substance abuse issues, but I feel like being sober is my job and my hobby. (laughs) I feel like it's my hobby too. And my job, of course. It is literally my job. But uh, yeah, it's my hobby. And that was one thing that Ash and I always said at the start, I would say to people, make it your hobby. Like make being, make sobriety and wellness your new hobby. That's your new passion. Yeah. And I think it's important to be flexible with it and understand that it will move and change. Like you go through periods where you do, in terms of doing the work, whether it be your journaling or your meditation or your yoga or your exercise or all of that. I got to the point being in the corporate world and being a single mum with two very busy boys, I couldn't do all of that in the day, let alone the week. I had to start working through once I was particularly after all the lockdowns and everything, I had to work out what time I had and what out of all of that gave me the most benefits. And it was okay not to do all those things as long as I was doing part of it at the right times and so for me exercise in the morning's key really key if I, if I'm not doing that then I'll take my mind to the gym which is what I call it which is making sure I'm doing my meditation or my breathing or if you're going through a period where you just can't get to anything except the gym well then thanks to the Huberman podcast when I was listening to it it was like just three 15 minute NSDRs a week is still going to be good because it's all about how quickly you drop in and I drop in quite quickly mm-hmm. so and then, and then I'll go through periods where I'll go back to doing it all again mm-hmm. and then I'll have to drop back. And if you stop doing it, you only see the effects of not doing it when you stop doing all of it. And generally that only happens if I'm sick with a cold or something. You get to, it's, I think it's great to trial it, it all. Like sometimes I'll go hell-bent on yoga for a month and then I'll pull back. It'll be more about the journaling or the gratitude or whatever it might be. But once you've tried it all, you can start to move with it. I agree. Like I'm not 
usually ever just one thing. Really, it's like whatever I'm kind of into that month. So I could be really journal heavy one month, although I do try and journal most days, but like sometimes I'm just way more into the journal. And that's usually if I've got stuff going on in my mind or if I've got a lot of stress or things going on. Mm. Yoga Nidra, I I do every day, but other than that, it's good to be fluid because as soon as you start thinking, oh, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, that are a big, decent chunks of time, it, it can get too much pressure. So it's just finding what works for you and what feels right at that time, as long as you're doing something, you know, yes, keep something absolutely. up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, it, it all it all helps promote the hobby or the lifestyle choice or whatever it is. And for me, it's absolutely become more than just a lifestyle choice, I suppose for me, it is a little bit of a religion, but that's how I want to live. That works mm-hmm. for me. And my son, my youngest son, reminded me of that yesterday, actually. A friend of mine called in and she was having a beer. It was 6.30 at night. She lives nearby. We've just moved in. And my youngest son looked at her and said, is that a beer? And she said, yeah, with alcohol in it. And she said, yeah. And I said, oh. I said mate, she's allowed to have one. It's like, and you could just see. We obviously don't socialise as much as when he was younger. but it's. And I just thought, oh, my God. Oh, you little barometer! That's I'm raising little like, and it was he was he was really and I and I had and because he's got autism as well, he's very matter of fact. So and she knows she knows him so well, and mm-hmm. I just said, oh, I'm sorry because I don't want him to be that person either. But it's just how that's obvious. <laughs> it's that's certainly so my lifestyle choice. You can see it from my kids. Yeah, we need these Love little it. soldiers running around, <laughs> cracking the whip well, on all the adults. It's great. If the marketing companies can't get through to our children, how bad it is for them, then at least the kids we're will. doing our job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's so fantastic. So you're thinking about the financial climate that we're all kind of facing at the moment and going into an unstable mm-hmm. times and uncertainty. I know that probably a lot of the practices you do on a daily basis have helped keep you grounded with what you've just mm-hmm. gone through. So the business that you work for has sort of gone into liquidation and you've lost your yep. job essentially after just buying a new house. Yep. <laughs> How like compare the two? Like, let's say that you were the drinking Kate. Oh, I how would she have? That. How would oh, she have handled that? Well, uh, the day it all happened, um, I was actually working remotely for the morning, and I went into the office mid morning. Would have been about ten thirty, and and I knew it would be the case because we'd all just been we'd all just lost our jobs on the spot and not not just that we'd lost we'd lost a business that we love and there's a lot of ramifications of that across different for different people and clients and all kinds of things and um they were all drinking most of them had a beer in their hand or a wine and I must it was like going to a, a funeral and not drinking I think they're probably still the hardest events to go to and and not have a drink with everybody and I went and I connected with people and I told people how much they meant to me and then everyone went to the pub uh, sort of halfway through the day and I went to the pub because I love these people and I wanted to spend time with them I happily had a diet coke and then I went home and just went into WTF like what has just happened the old Kate would have been hitting the hitting the piss probably been working remotely got an uber in drank and and the whole weekend would have been an absolute write-off and it all would have been justified with well I can because this is what's happened I wouldn't have coped well at all the following week about to move into a new house and I wouldn't more importantly as much as it was a very stressful period and it's 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 still sort of stressful. I think I'm certainly on the other side of it. I've gone through it. I've grieved. I've 
assessed what it meant to me and it meant a lot. This this job was there right through, has been there right through my sobriety and it was uh, my, I love my work and wanting to be fresh and able to attack the day and love everything about my day, you know, so that uh, losing that, I had to assess what that means for me and I had trust that everything would work out. I do have trust that everything is going to work out and I it was funny, Fee, who you know, I was speaking to Fee about it for listeners. She is my sober wife. And I said, I just can't believe how devastated I was. And, and what I'd realised is that so many of my relationships from when I was drinking have dissipated. They're not, not important, but they've dissipated. And a large part of that is because I spent a lot of time at work. But the relationships I'd formed at work were my authentic self because I was sober the whole time. Mm. And so that's why they mean so much to me as well because that was me being my authentic self and they've become my social world, I suppose, in a lot of ways and mm. in a healthy way, not not just work is not just my life. But, yeah, so drinking Kate would have been a trash bag. She would have justified it. She would have been really stressed. I would have hit the phone. I would have drunk and dialed everybody. Yes. You know, I it would I would have made it much bigger than what it was. And that's scary because it's already pretty big. Alcohol free Kate went through all the motions and knew that each day would be a bit better than the day before and had trust in the process that this is where I'm meant to be and how grateful mm. I was for the time that I had. And it's just so good to have that clarity, especially when you're facing such a huge, big life change. To have the clarity, it's alcohol just creates more drama than there needs to be. And as you Absolutely. say, I, I could so relate to like any kind of drama, anything that would happen. It's just like open the wine and ring all the friends. And yeah, it, it's just like, oh God, when actually what yep. you need is to probably go do yoga nidra. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we go again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and ground yourself and then get yourself clear and, and perhaps journal about it. Okay, what's my and, plan? Yeah. And rest. I had to rest, rest for a couple of days. I was, tra- I was it was pretty traumatic. I was, oh, my God. You know, you had to stop and go, yeah, let's just stop and rely on the people that are close to you to talk through it without drinking. Without you know, drama. Um, Can we, uh, I just yeah. want to pause there, that's something you just said is so important. <laughs> rest. When yeah. we've gone through something that's traumatic or any big shock or anything like that, we actually just need to rest and listen to our body. Do not need to hit the bottle. That's the opposite. Mm. But I think about, like, say, grief puts us into this kind of shutdown. It's it's kind of yeah. we can't learn properly. We can't socialise properly. When we're grieving heavily, mm. the nervous system goes into that dorsal vagal kind of really slow shutdown and we need to rest you need yeah. to sleep a lot. You need to go quiet. And it's the same with any kind of trauma or any big thing that's happened. Yeah, right. You need to rest. So mm. I love that you said that. It's just so on point. Well, I'd had to because there was nothing else. I didn't know how to do it any other way. And just, again, just, just sort of emphasising, it was so stressful. I wasn't not stressed, but if I'd been drinking, it would have been a catastrophe. And then it and stimulates the nervous system so yeah. much more. But what the nervous system is needing is that shutdown just for that little time while you yeah. recoup. So you think about what you're doing to your body and your own nervous system. No wonder we end up sick, right? Because we're not yeah. listening. So yeah. I love, 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 love that you said that. So people listening, if you're going through a big trauma or a stressful time or some, there's been something big, listen to your body and, and just 
do I need to rest right now? Do I need to go quiet? Do I need to just get into bed for a few days? You know, I had that big bike accident. I don't know if you saw that. On yes, Instagram. Okay. you did too. Yeah, and I was in hospital for a bit and then come home and I had a lot to, but I just had to stop, not work, had to cancel mm. calls and it threw everything into a bit of a spin for me schedule wise but I just had to rest and even it was so perfect because then going to that retreat in Bali I I couldn't really go out be doing big walks or anything like that I just had to I couldn't even actually do yoga on the retreat because I was still pretty Mm. bruised yeah but what I did do was join in on a lot of the breath work where I could or the meditation that Mark was holding and rest I I rested as well as running the retreat and it was beautiful and I feel still like the body needs a bit more rest but I'm, yes. I'm out there, you know, I am sort of did some walks this morning and yesterday, yeah. but not quite ready to get back on the bike yet. But yeah. you've got to listen. You've got to listen. And the more, <laughs> well, we listen, the more we connect to ourselves, listen to our bodies, what is it telling us that we need? And we cannot do that. We cannot ask those questions of ourselves when we're drinking all the time. We, we no. just don't have that connection. So I love, love, love that you said that and that's what you did. So just yeah. tell it before we go. Yep. What did that rest look like for you when you've had that stressful time? Tell me what the rest looked like for you. Well, it was a bit of Netflix and a bit of reading and a bit of, I had a nap one, mm, one of the days for yeah. my partner. It was just, he's, he's fantastic and it was hard for, for him, but I'm not great at doing nothing. Yeah, So no, I yeah. think he was quite relieved that I did that. And some of the days, I because it was just, it was really hell week, I kind of felt almost hungover, but I wasn't because my body was just doing that. So and just, I think one of the days I managed to go for a walk, one of the days I actually went for a run, but the rest I didn't really. And I tried to incorporate a bit of breath work and a bit of meditation, but I was just sort of watching myself go through yeah. it because I knew I couldn't do, I mean, look, I'd be better in, in out of situations are out of my control. I don't cope well. I am a type A personality. I'm a control freak. And we joke often, I'd be better in a zombie apocalypse than I would losing my job and having to move into a house and all that sort of stuff. Cause there's so much you can't control with that, but I'm aware of that. And knowing the whole week, if I do this, everything does get better. Yeah. Like not pretending it didn't happen, not making out like it was worse than what it was, just knowing that if I'd get through today, tomorrow will be a bit better. And then since then we've moved into the house and, and it's the holidays and it's my youngest birthday on Friday and there's some beautiful things that are coming And because time does help. So I don't have to sit here now going, ah, oh, I shouldn't have had that drink or I shouldn't have had that bender or whatnot. Like I know I've gone through it all holistically and... Mm. what's going to be presented to me is going to be presented to me. And that's, that is, I think, for me, a huge takeout of sobriety is when everything around me seems a little bit crazy or I'm not coping with something or I get sick just because I'm burnt out because I'm a busy person, I never have to think, oh, it's because of that drink or it's because of that party or whatever it is. I just know that it's just me. Mm. I'm just life. I'm just being human. Not having to chalk anything up to how much you drink or I don't know if I'm explaining myself the right way, but no, you know, you having, yeah. having to account for what you're putting into your body. I'm like, okay, I'm really healthy. Um, apart from my chocolate addiction, you know, I'm doing all these things. I'm actually just burnt out because I'm burnt out. Okay, mm-hmm. so what are you going to do? Like mm-hmm. not having to question the alcohol intake is still to this day a huge freedom for me and that's purely after nearly two and a half years and that's because... It was so there before that. Isn't it amazing what you can achieve and go through? You can go through a day at the races. You can go through all the work stuff and you can go through losing your job when you've just bought a new house. 
you can you can do it it's possible yeah. it's, yeah. it's and, amazing and, it, and you can go right well okay as, as I said before it's just so simple but what goes up comes down and goes back up again like it's that's right it's just the messiness and that's life it's best to be present for all of it and stay connected rather than miss any of it because even the big bad stuff is can be a beautiful teacher and Mm. we have to go through and experience bad stuff so we can grow as humans what's the point of missing all that goodness that's there and you're going to go through it anyway so you may as well go through it so far you know absolutely best off to experience it and as you say just watch it unfold be there for it it's the juice of life don't it miss that. It instills such confidence and positivity into the children that yeah. watch you do it. It totally. really does. It well, really does. We're teaching it's our the, kids that hard things can happen and we can stay present for them. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And we can draw in our own tools, draw in our own selves to get us through rather than some toxic external substance to pull us through. So it's yeah. doable. And Exactly. Life is so much better. You're better off for it. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Well, Kate Morrison, thank you so much for your time Thanks, yet ben. again. I, I'm looking forward to our next catch up. Let's chat about your three years of sobriety when that yeah. comes around. I can't <laughs> wait for that. And uh, yeah, amazing. Amazing what you're doing. Just you're incredible. And I just, I, I love it. I love just watching your whole journey. You're, you're amazing. You're an inspiration. Likewise. Likewise. Feeling thank mutual. you, my friend. <laughs> See awesome. you soon. Thanks. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.